Sure. 28 minutes it is after 8 p.m. It's our SMME exchange here on Metro FM Talk. Tonight, uh, we head out uh, to the funeral undertaking business and we're joined tonight by Debu uh, Hoditabe, founder of the Royal Empire Funerals. Uh, yeah, they find themselves on a tough wicket over the last while. Uh, you know, load shedding. And now, seemingly, the Nahau strike as well. And um, yeah, with all of these headwinds, um, it's not like people have pl- pressed the pause button and saying, you know what? Uh, or anything like that uh, that still continues the demand for the service still continues but it seems the conditions under which that is provided are becoming a lot more precarious and more challenging and I'm joined on the line to talk about this industry and uh, small and micro enterprises operating in this space by Debuho Ditabe uh, the founder there at Royal Empire Debuho good evening welcome Hi, I have one, uh, I'm well man I hope you are well too I'm very good, sir. Sure, Welcome no problem. Sure, sure, sure. Brur, talk to me about your business. Uh, how long have you been at it? What do you guys do? Um, where do you undertake your, yeah, excuse the pun, where do you, you know, um, provide or undertake your services? All right. We are Ryan and Pike Girls. We are based in Soweto. We've been uh, in existence for three years operating. Mm. Uh, we offer burial services which include uh, funeral services, tombstones, flowers, repatriation, everything that's in the uh, in the funeral industry space. Mm. We offer those services to our clients nationwide. Sure. So, so effectively, wh- what would those services be? All right. Uh, usually the main uh, most basic one is funeral services. That's mm. number one of the okay. list. Funeral and burial services. But we also um, deal with memorial uh, services like your tombstones. Um, we also um, cremate. We offer um, florist services like your flowers in the coffin space. Mm. Um, we also cater for citizens that are not in South Africa or citizens that are not in Gauteng, uh, where we are based in terms of repatriation uh, services. Mm. So even policies mm. and insurance we do offer as well. Sure. So, so, I mean, your service is heavily reliant on a consistent supply of energy just by its nature. Mm-hmm. What's the impact of load shedding been? Uh, there's, there's, there's various impacts. Number one, the most important one, um, that is a bit of a challenge, of course, it's in the mortuary. Um, I think now because of load shedding, you know, expenses have went high in terms of um, us making sure that there's these in the generators because the fridge or the mortuary has to run 24-7. So that is causing us a bit of a challenge when it comes to, you know, um, money and what, how much we are spending uh, compared to when or before load shedding started. Mm. So now there are more expenses in terms of um, the mortuary facilities to maintain them, to keep the lights on. Because as you can see, sometimes we, we go six hours, you know, without having electricity. And that's not good because you would find sometimes you just fetched a body from like home in the house. It's not been in the, in the fridge. Then you store that body you know, in, 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 in a facility where they are facing stage six, which six hours of stage four, six hours of, of power cuts, that, that's a challenge. The body is, uh, is facing, mm. you know, a much more rapid rate of uh, decomposition. So that, you know, provides us with a huge nightmare, a challenge. And, you know, also it goes back to our offices, you know, at, like once the power is off, we cannot, you know, uh, log on in our system, Sometimes the lines are off, the Wi-Fi is off. Like, we basically, we stuck. We cannot do most of the things at the time. And it makes funeral arrangements with clients a bit of a nightmare because sometimes 
our clients are from far. So we agree on the time. Then you find that the schedule changes, the electricity is gone. We cannot arrange anything. Only by, we can arrange verbally, but we need the system to be able to, you know, check the policies, arrange, you know, put things into system. So it's a real problem to us. It's causing a lot of um, nightmare to us and our clients as well. Have you had to invest in alternatives? Of course. Uh, look, there's UPSs, there's solars, you know, it's, we, we try our best. We try our best to make sure that you no know, backup is always there. We do have backup. Um, the only challenge is just expenses. Mm. I mean, just give, give us some texture here. Uh, because often on this show we talk about large firms who put out announcements and who say, you know, we've spent X amount on load shedding. Maybe just as a proportion of some of the money you have been making in the last while. Um, so just a proportion of your turnover just in the last year. How much have you had to spend on um, trying to keep your fridges operating? Oh, uh, you know, you know, I can just give you a round figure. You know, in terms of you know buying your UPS, because just simple, a simple U- UPS, a big UPS that you can you know, can power up your 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 laptops and all that before you go to the nursery, your laptops, your Wi-Fi and everything. A, a big one costs something about eighteen twenty thousand rand. You know, for one office. So if you have like three offices, then you need to put them under UPS at thirty thousand rand. You know, buying them that's ninety thousand alone for offices. Then when you go to mortuary, you need to buy a generator. It's mm-hmm. something like eight thousand, ten thousand. Then there needs to be diesel or petrol in that um, in that generator uh, because in about six hours, uh, if you pour like a full tank of uh, of, of petrol or diesel in that generator. Um, maybe let's say you're spending something like 800 to 1,000 rand on a full tank. But believe you me, by the time the six, uh, six hours uh, ends of load shedding, half of the tank will be gone. That's only on one schedule. So if you are hit two or three times in a day, so imagine how much you can be spending. Mm, mm, mm. Yo, I, you know, it's, um, it's difficult times. Uh, and now the Nehau matter, it seems, has also now introduced some complications. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, I remember personally, um, I think it was last week, Thursday, or Friday, if my memory serves me well. You know, I had to go remove a body at Chris Honey Paraguana Hospital. And uh, when we arrived there, the deceased died day before. Mm. So we had a challenge where the BI document was not signed by the doctor. So we were only told that we it's going to be signed, but in the afternoon. So I ended up having to get the body around 3 p.m. Mm. So we, uh, we, us and the family were there at around 8, half past 8. So we had to wait there. Like, okay, me as an undertaker, I left and did other things. But the family, which has the deceased body in the fridge, had to wait there from 8 o'clock until 3 p.m. 3 p.m., that's where the process started. Not that we were loading the body. We were starting the process of, um, you know, uh, uh, um, doing the paperwork and going to load the body, there's another question of the uh, death certificate because it's, it's, it's convenient when you do it same time, you know, just so that it works, you know, for the family. So it was, it was a bit of a nightmare. It was a challenge. We almost did not get the body, but we did get it. We're not saying, you know, services are not being offered. Like we are not being helped at the government institutions or at hospitals. We are, but things are a bit slower than usual. So mm-hmm. it's causing major delays in terms of families going to claim, us with families arranging, you know, it, 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 it's causing us a nightmare. Because other the hospitals, 
local hospitals, you you can even you cannot. Last week, we could not even access the hospital itself. So we needed to tell the family that no, we, we can't face the boy at the moment. So it mm-hmm. delayed yeah. their burial rights. You understand? But at the same time, we there's nothing we can do at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, as an industry, many of you were calling for relief a while ago, uh, saying. You know, you've been faced with so many different headwinds. I mean, talk to me about this moment. You've been doing this now for three years. Uh, And uh, I'm sure you operate alongside people who've been doing it for much longer. What has this moment of operating in the funeral undertaking business um, meant by way of your cost structure? I mean, you know, are there things now that are part of your process that probably would not have been there in 2019? Of course. Of course, one is the obvious one, like energy, power. Mm. Um, every mortuary facility locally where I, like where the company resides, everyone has a generator, keeps mm. the, uh, the fridge running. And the biggest problem, there's one of my colleagues, uh, because of this load shedding thing, um, when the power came back, it, 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 it burnt his condenser. So now he's faced with fixing the mortuary facility with about 15,000 and regassing it. So when you calculate all those costs, they go up to 18, 19, 20,000. Because of the power, when it went away, when it came back, because it came back with force, it destroyed, you know, his, his mortuary equipment. Now his fridge is not working. He has to outsource mortuary facilities where you have your own fridge. So that, that, that's, a, that's a bit of a pain, you know, as a, as a funeral director, having to go and look out for mortuary, um, you know, uh, 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 facilities to rent where you have your own. And now you have to pop out something like 15000 to buy that part, you know, pay for labor and regress it to keep it working. You know, so we don't know if it will do that again because we are told that we could face load shedding for the next two years. So it's a bit of a challenge to us. So now we are faced with the question, what do we do? Yeah. Do we charge the clients more because we are also spending more? Or we don't charge the clients more, we just continue to lose as, as businesses. So we are How long can you stay in business without passing on these new costs to your consumers? Of course. No, we end up now having, you know, undertakers closing doors. And, you know, in, like, it, this is the fact. In the undertaking industry, not many undertakers close doors in jail without anything. So if an undertaker closes their door, you should know that there were serious, serious problems. So this is a business that is sustained for years and generations. Mm. But now in our generation, it, um, it's very difficult. It's challenging. We have many challenges right now. So where to from here for an enterprise like yours? Um, uh, look, as a young entrepreneur, you know, I think um, the solution is on us. Yes, we are, you know, faced with challenges with our government, especially in our industry. Like, um, we, we are from COVID. You know, we didn't even get a single recognition from our government with the hard work we were doing. It was always health workers, uh, uh, policemen, and all that, but never undertakers. But we were working as hard as any other people, and we were dealing with that, you know, uh, with the um, with COVID-19 directly as well, you know. But, you know, we didn't let that stop us. We pushed. We encouraged ourselves and as an industry. Because since from COVID, I would say the industry is slowly uniting, especially like undertakers that are in, you know, uh, close by. We made sure that we stick together. So I think what we can do um, as undertakers, I would encourage every undertaker director that is listening right now, 
that we just need to unite and hold on to each other because we are, we are our own solution. Because we can see now in our country we don't have a solution. We don't even have a relief where our government can compensate us something, you know, if you are doing a certain barrier or monthly, whatever the, the recommendations or the, the agreement can be. Mm. But we're not getting that now. So in order for us to make sure that we stay afloat, whether you're a big corporation, a big company, or a small one, these challenges face us. Because even the big ones, it's worse because they get more influxes of bodies than us. I can be dealing with 10 bodies a week, but you can get a big undertaker dealing with 60, 70, 100 mm-hmm. bodies a week. So to them, the pressure is even worse. So now it's not a matter of small or big. It's a matter of a, of a crisis that we are facing as an industry as a whole. Mm. There's also land yeah. issues you face with. I mean, I, I oh. you know, whenever I go to a funeral at Avalon, I always come mm. back with like, young Siam, what have I just seen? Of course. Like now, if you can check in Soweto, um, the only closest to, okay, the only closest government operating cemetery is Oliphant's Flake. That's the only one that has new graves. Mm. Avalon, Doronkop, you can name them. It's already booked. Those are They're filled. Yeah. It's only reopened. Sometimes there, the space that you want to reopen on, it's not proper anymore. You can't. You are forced to go to Oliphant's Flake. And it's, it's, it's slowly but first, you know, it's, it's filling up mm-hmm. much more quickly because of COVID. It's filling up like crazy. Every weekend when you go, there's a new section open. Every weekend when you go, there's a new section open. So very soon, very soon, we will run out of, um, you know, aerial space. Now we will be, you know, forced to cremate or use modellions, you know. And I think as undertakers, we need to start teaching our clients to that moment because us in the African community, it's a, you know how sensitive, mm. you know, death is in our culture. So what should, what are you so, saying we should be teaching our people? That they must uh, consider uh, cremations? They should consider cremation, they should consider mausoleum burying. What's a mausoleum? What's that? Okay, mausoleum is basically a grave on a wall. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so we bury someone in a wall, a standing wall. Mm. No, 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 no soil, no nothing, no digging. You just bury the person in the wall. Then you close with a, you know, um, let's say a four-square memorial stone okay. at the same time. Or cremation. Because once you run out of burial space, you only have your reopens. You can do your reopen. So what if when you've not had a death in your family and it's filled now? So what happened? Yeah. So the Mabachi is... So, yeah, no, in the black community, that's what we need to start teaching our clients. Like, very soon, in about 10, 15, 20 years to come, that will be our nightmare. Unless you get more burial land, then it's fine. Because we do have uh, private cemeteries, not I saw it, you know, but, you know, affordability at the mm. same time mm. might be a challenge to our clients. Because it, the basic, basic standard um, uh, grave in one of the cemeteries, it's like 4,000 rand. So that's a lot of money. Yeah, but so the, the question of affordability as well to our clients can be a problem. That's why if that's why I'm saying if we can encourage our clients or teach them, make them understand of the situation that is at, is at hand uh, for cremation and mausoleum, or unless our government can come into party with us as undertakers, because as undertakers we also have one problem again with our mm. government. They make laws without consulting us. How can we make a law? To govern us when you are not on the ground, you don't know the challenges that we're facing. You are sitting in an office and making laws that don't work uh, for us. So.
So it, it's a challenge. You know, it's not only load shedding. We have regulations that don't make sense to us as undertakers, but because the law is law, we are following it, basically. Yeah, it seems the land question also transcends not just to life, uh, yeah, but course. to the afterlife as well. We leave it here for tonight, my brother. Thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. Thank you so much for having me on the show tonight. Hey, tada.